just to get down I don't know if I can get them, but I got them right The developing stars, whoa Wrecked by the stars, though But they know just who they are The knowledge is deep, man Cause college is bleak, man Knees are the bees, man Deffy happy hour now I trust them with everything Every confidence giving me confidence Hipping this hopping, no really no stopping I'll make you a champion, y'all put a sock in it uh, But this is life, bro They're at it all night, though So you can just drive slow And get down with the Deffy crew Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, wherever you are listening. This is episode 80 of the Devi Happy Hour. My name is Skip Newton, happy to come to you from Egan, Minnesota, and I am going to bring in my co-host right away. He's healthier and has greater upside than Saquon Barkley, and he can separate better than Jamar Chase from North Carolina. Dan, Matthew Jackson, how you doing, Obi-Wan? I'm doing good, man. And, you know, that, that got me thinking. You know, I've not made too many fans on Twitter here over the last few days with my <laughs> with my hate on Saquon Barkley and Jamar Chase. I really need to get that under control if I want to keep having all these Twitter interactions. I'm going to piss all of Twitter off and no one's going to want to talk to me anymore. You know, there there's nothing wrong with being bold. There's nothing wrong with putting yourself out there. I, I, I have no issue with anybody that does that. I just... I just like it when people are, aren't afraid to come back and then own it, right? I mean, come back, and if, if you were right, you can say, hey, look at that, I got one right. And, but if you're wrong, say, you know what, I absolutely missed on that guy. It's kind of like our, our good friend Matt Hicks is already already claiming defeat on Javian Hawkins at Atlanta. He says, yep, got that one wrong. <laughs> and, and it yeah, happens. I, I know, I'm, right? I know he was a big Javion Hawkins fan. And speaking of Matt Hicks, Skip, I've got, I've got a bone to pick with you, man. Um, I was listening to the Debbie Draft Bible podcast on my way home from work today. Um, I, I worked a half a day, and I decided I was gonna I was gonna listen to some podcasts on the way home. And I, I turned on the Debbie Draft Bible podcast, and you guys do a you know phenomenal job. So I, I was really excited to listen to you guys. I always love tuning in and hearing what you guys have to say. But you were talking about Week Zero, and you got to this segment where you started talking about your bold predictions um, for the the best running back in all of college football. And, you know, it hurt my heart that you didn't say Tech Bigsby. Um, but but then I got to thinking, you didn't say Jameer Gibbs either. Heck, you didn't even say Mo Ibrahim for your best running back. So explain yourself, man. So the point of that was to go with who's going to win the award, right? The, the award for the best running back. And I think in that regard, it was just too hard not to pick Brees Hall from Iowa State. I mean, the production is is out of this world. I, I did actually consider Mo Ibrahim because the the volume, I mean, if, if he gets the same volume this season that he got last year, it's going to be really hard for him not to put up the best numbers. He, he literally almost averaged 30 touches a game. I mean, it was insane last year. So I, I got to believe they're going to bring that down just a little bit. Cause that that's, you're going to kill the guy. I did. But, I did yeah. I, I had to go with Hall. I did though. Like your call on, um, 
on your quarterback Tanner Morgan having to put up the stats in the week one though against my Buckeyes. You know, we got we got ourselves quite a matchup coming up in week one, man. Me me versus you, our teams going head to head, and it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, I, you know, I I like your chances. I'm going to be honest. I if the Gophers if the Gophers can keep it interesting, that that's always more fun as a fan. That that's that's always the worst when when your team is a is a significant underdog and they just can't they can't even give you hope that they're going to win the game but all you ask for is you know get to the get to the fourth quarter and and be able to reasonably say hey we could legitimately win this game that that's what i want cuz that that gets so exciting and then anything can happen um I, i'm so into the game that did you hear when i was introducing you i almost called you daniel jackson <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for football. I got Daniel Jackson on the brain, not not the Stargate hero, but the the actual Gopher wide receiver. So I mean, I would I would love to be a receiver for the Gophers, man. I wouldn't argue with that. I'm it's not sure that they would like it. <laughs> yeah, well, except you separate better than Jamar Chase, so you never know. <laughs> well, you you spoiled my announcement. I'm sure everyone probably knows that already. That I have joined the Devi Seminar podcast as part of the NFL Draft Bible with Matt Hicks and John Lobb, um, two. Two awesome co-hosts as well. So those guys are fantastic. But really quick, Matt, why don't you tell people, you know, where can they find all the stuff that you're doing, your Patreon, et cetera, et cetera? Yes, you guys can find me on Twitter at DeviMatt. Uh, my rankings are up on Dynasty Nerds as well as on my Patreon. Um, you guys can check that Patreon. I just recorded a new podcast. I'm going to post it um, later on either tonight or early tomorrow. Um, new episode of the Patreon. We break down my top running backs. Um you can guess who my running back one is. If you don't already know, well, hey, sign up for the Patreon and you can find out. Um, that's patreon.com forward slash Debbie Database. Excellent. Yep, I love the the chatter in there. It's awesome to, to talk to the guys. So good times. We'd love to have you. You know, join up, and we can all we can all have a good time and learn from each other. Uh, really quick, I, I usually do this at the end, but I felt like moving it to the beginning. Just want to send out my thank you slash appreciation to Tim Keller. Uh, of course, Tim Keller has been with the Dynasty Happy Hour for years and decided to step down. And really, Tim Keller is is indirectly responsible for me getting into this in the first place. I I, I think I've told him the story, but you know, really quick, uh, the first year I was in the Scott Fishbowl, Scott Fishbowl eight, I just happened to be in the same division as Tim, and I made a point to to check out, you know, all of the the podcasters or the content creators, you know, okay, if they've got a podcast, I'm going to check out their podcast. And that's how I started listening to the Dynasty Happy Hour. Of course, immediately fell in love with it and, you know, started to, to really make sure I, I listened to every episode. And then they started doing the Devi Happy Hour, of course, started listening to that. And that was, you know, way news for me because I was not into Devi at that time. And then when the opening came up for a for new podcast host, that's when I reached out to Tyler and... The rest, as they say, is history. So there you go. Um, thank you, Tim, for being just an awesome guy to listen to, an awesome person to chat with. I know we're we're in at least the the one league together. It's been a lot of fun, even when you're beating me. So uh, you'll be missed, but don't be a stranger, buddy. And if it wasn't for Tim, we, right. wouldn't have met, we wouldn't have met either. So I mean, we got to thank Tim for that. You you got to introduce yourself. To, to me, thanks to Tim. So I mean, you're you're welcome. Absolutely, I guess. yeah. You and Brian. I mean, it's it's all good. So uh, you you love how those you know how it just things just happen and it works out and yeah, it's 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 awesome times. The the big news really in college football, other than the fact that we actually get to watch games 
in two days, because we are recording this on Thursday, the 26th, so we are two days away from real college football, is the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC creating an alliance for scheduling purposes. Now, of course, this is to combat the SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma, and the the real power games, the matchups that the SEC can can have on a weekly basis is really quite quite dominant and impressive. And that's something that, of course, is going to drive ratings up, which means they can charge more money when they make their you know, television contracts. And of course, this is all about money for the most part. And I think clearly the Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC, they're trying to come up with the, the counter to that. And if they can add some, some more top teams to the mix – and they can create some of these more games, you know, instead of just, you know, Clemson playing, you know, North Carolina. Now Clemson can play Oregon. Clemson can play USC. Clemson can play your team, Ohio State. It, it creates some more interesting matchups and that that gives them a little more a little more fuel for the fire. What what do you think about their their idea here? I mean, I love it for a for a football standpoint. I mean, we're going to get these marquee matchups um, season in and season out. So it's going to be really interesting to see those matchups. Um, you know, my initial thought is how does this affect the lower teams, like the, the group of five teams, um, you know, the big 12 teams? I mean, how what, what impact does this have on them and their games? Are they virtually non-existent when it comes to big-time bowl games and playoff matchups? And then the other thing is when you look at teams like – like UNC, for example, let's take let's take the Tar Heels, my hometown team, and then you look you look at the, this alliance with the Pac-12. If they have to play, you know USC, are they playing in a neutral site? Are they flying across the country? Are they leaving on Monday to get ready for that time zone change and all the stuff that comes into you know flying all the way across the country for a football game? I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting from a football standpoint. But there's a lot of stuff that not a lot of people are talking about that's gonna have a huge impact on, you know, Debbie fantasy football, playoffs, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I, my guess is those marquee matchups, you'll probably see a like a two-year deal where the first year they'll play, you know, in USC, in your example, and then the next year they'll play in North Carolina, something like that. But, yeah, we, you know, you hope it just it works out and actually improves the, the product and things can still develop even for players that aren't, you know, in these these power conferences and these power schools, you know, you don't want to see anybody get you know kind of hung out to dry in this like like those Big Twelve schools that are left. But man, it's it'll be interesting, definitely interesting to see how that plays out. All right, we are wrapping up our conference go round. Uh, we're gonna go with the group of five and then independents, and we're just gonna do this by position. So we'll go through the Devi relevant players and talk about who we like, who we don't like. So we're gonna start right at the quarterback position and. There's at least a couple guys here that could see themselves drafted in the first round, but we'll start with Carson Strong out of Nevada. He is 2022 eligible. Tell me, you know, where do you have Strong? I'm not going to lie. I've seen him as the first quarterback taken in mocks now, so that is very interesting. Yeah, I know. I know we were breaking down one of the Debbie Draft Bible pot, uh mock drafts 2022 mock drafts a few months ago and you know Carson Strong was up there at the number one player off the board and you know while we thought that was a little shocking I mean I can kind of see it I mean he's got all the tools of a prototypical quarterback he's got the 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 arm talent he he 
has great mechanics, put, has great ball placement, has production in college. Um, he, he's everything that you want in a, in a college quarterback turn pro. I mean, he's just a good quarterback. He, he's not, he doesn't have this elite arm talent like maybe Spencer Rattler or this crazy mobility like Malik Willis, who we're going to talk about here in a second. But he's just a really good quarterback that can go out there and be like a you know Matt Ryan type of guy or go out there and be like a Phillip Rivers type of guy who, who's not blowing you away with their athleticism or their arm, or, but are just winning you football games. And I think that's what Carson Strong is. Yeah, he, he definitely put himself on the map in 2020 where he jumped up to a 70.1 completion percentage, over 2,800 yards, and that's in nine games, and 27 touchdowns to just four interceptions. So absolutely broke out in 2020. If he has a, a, a season like that in 2021, I think it's it's very reasonable that he could go in the first round, You know, assuming that he tests well and they like what they see. The next guy, you already mentioned him, you teased him. That's uh, Malik Willis, obviously a very different player at Liberty, also draft eligible next year. He is the the guy that that fantasy owners want to have on their roster because of all of the points he can get with his legs. And that is really the you know kind of the the wild card for a guy like Willis. If he gets drafted high enough, then you know he's going to get a shot. And you know once he gets a shot, typically these guys these they do well initially at least from a from a fantasy production standpoint because their floor is so incredibly high. Yeah, exactly. They're that Kunami code type quarterback where you look at people that have the rushing upside. I mean, you look at, you know, Lamar Jackson in his MVP season. Um, you look at Michael Vick when he was playing. I mean, th- these guys statistically have proven that they're going to have QB1 seasons and multiple QB1 seasons just based on the rushing upside. I mean, that's just not something that you can recreate in any player. I mean, he he's getting, you know, an extra if you're getting one one point every 10 yards, you know, they're getting six or seven extra points just on the rushing upside alone. Never mention if they get in the end zone, you're getting, you know, 14, 15 extra points that you're just not getting out of any other quarterback. And I mean, I, I like Malik Willis. He's getting the first round buzz. He's got phenomenal athleticism and rushing upside. Um, he's got a good arm, although he gets a little in air at times. He, he, is not always as accurate as you'd like him to be, but he's more accurate and a better quarterback coming out of college than Lamar Jackson was. And you look how that you look how that turned out. I mean, he still got end of round one capital turned into the MVP. Now, now is Malik Willis going to be the MVP of the NFL? I'm not going to sit here and predict that. But I mean, I do think that Malik Willis is a guy that you want to have on your fantasy football roster. Um, I think that you know Liberty is set up to succeed. I mean, you look at it, they've got Malik Willis this year, and then next year, after Malik Willis leaves, I mean, they're going to come in and have Caden Salter, who does the exact same thing that Malik Willis does. So, I mean, I love this for Liberty's team. I mean, they've got two guys back-to-back that are just going to light up the college football world. Yeah, that's a great point about Salter. And we're not going to talk about him. We're not going to get into the incoming class only because that's kind of the next thing that we're going to hit. So we're going to talk about the the 2021 freshmen. So we're we're leaving that out of this conversation. But but you're right. He's gonna he's gonna plug right in because they're used to having a really mobile quarterback and an athletic guy back there. So it, it's a great transition, and he's set up to to succeed. You know, as soon as he takes over next year. Dylan Gabriel from UCF is going to lead the list of guys that we're talking about next. That. These are the guys that 
could sneak up in the draft, but you don't really know because there's a lot of a lot of question marks after maybe the top three or four. He has put up two phenomenal seasons. I mean, combined, 7,200 yards, an 8.9 yards per attempt, which is really good, 61 touchdowns and 11 interceptions in, in 23 games. So he's absolutely getting it done at UCF. I, I like him, especially from a college football fantasy standpoint, but I think he might have a chance to get some decent draft capital as well, you know, maybe more so than the, than the next two guys. What do you think about Gabriel? I mean, he's. I think he's got good, you know, round two draft capital. I mean, he's got good footwork. I like the velocity that he, he puts on a lot of his throws. I mean, he goes through his progressions well. He scans the defense, reads the defense really well. And he's got really good ball placement to, to put the ball away from his defenders. Um, so he, he's got a lot of traits that make him succeed as an NFL quarterback. What I really like about him is his just massive seasons that he's put up. I mean, if you look at all these guys, I mean, I don't think there's a guy um, – you know, outside, you know, there's not a guy outside of the top guys in college football right now who can push for, you know, the best quarterback in college football outside of Dylan Gabriel. I mean, he's right there on the cusp of just dynamic seasons. I mean, it's him, it's Matt Corral. I mean, he's right there in that tier. And I like a lot about what he does. Yeah, I, I agree. And when you say, you know, round two capital, that's kind of what I'm thinking because I'm, I'm thinking about this bat, this past draft. And you, you had your top five go in the, in the first 15 picks. And then there was you know, that gap. And early third round, you started to see teams you know take chances on guys. You, know, you had Kyle Trask. You had Kellen Mond to Minnesota. And you had uh, Mills to, to Houston. And I'm thinking about Gabriel. I'm thinking, you know, I like him better as a prospect than maybe all three of those guys. Trask, not sure yet, but... Definitely better than than you know the Vikings took Mond. I he's athletic. I like that, but he's got a ways to go when when throwing the ball. And you know definitely better than Mills. So you know yeah. it, he's a perfect. He could be the perfect candidate for a, for a team to say you know what we want it. We want a young quarterback to develop, but we don't want to spend a first round draft pick on him because we don't need to. But we can still get a guy we really like. That could be Dylan Gabriel. The next guy, more of a little more athletic, of course, and playing for a high, highly successful Cincinnati team, and that's Desmond Ritter. Some people thought he might come out this year, but he's he's eligible next year. Where do you have Ritter? I'll be honest, I'm I'm not sold on him on him as an NFL prospect. Uh, he's he's interesting, but I don't know. There, there's just some parts about his game that I, I don't I don't know if his game's going to translate to the NFL. He he's one of those guys that that is not going to be at least for me, a great NFL prospect. I mean, I love him as a college player. He went back to school this year, and a lot of people thought he was going to come out. I think he went back to school to potentially improve his draft stock, which I think was a good decision for him. Um, he's a super athletic guy, um, fast, but, I mean, he just he's a little more inaccurate than I like my quarterbacks to be. Um, Decision-making-wise, he just doesn't always make the best decisions with the ball. And if you're going to be a quarterback in the NFL, I mean, you've got to be able to – not put the ball in harm's way. I mean, you got to be accurate. You got to be smart with the ball, and he doesn't always show a tendency to do that. Um, so for that reason, you know, I, I'm, he's one of those guys that I'm just I'm just not too excited about from an NFL perspective. Yeah, and, and to be fair, he's he's very mobile. So he's had over 1,800 yards rushing in three seasons combined. Uh, scored 12 touchdowns last year. So he does have the the rushing floor that we like. 
But if if you can't if you can't pass the ball really well, if you don't have the arm talent, then that's that's going to be too much to to overcome. The next guy, Coastal Carolina's Grayson McCall, uh, the last quarterback we're going to talk about that's eligible in 2022. Where do you have McCall on your list of potential NFL quarterbacks? I like McCall a whole lot. Now, I'm not Matt Bruning. I don't think he's a potential Heisman candidate. So I'm not I'm not there with Grayson McCall, but I do like him a whole lot. Um, he was one of those guys that I was trying to get us to draft in our uh, our Debbie International Podcast League. Uh, I was between him and um, Kyle McCord, and we ended up with neither of them, I think. So I don't know. Yeah, we waited too long on quarterback. <laughs> I, don't, I don't exactly know how that happened. but <laughs> At least we got Salter. <laughs> We got we got some good quarterbacks though, so I'm not too worried about it. But that's not what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I like McCall. He's got really good athleticism and speed. Um, he's got a great deep ball. He he's accurate while he's on the run. You know, he's mobile and can throw really well. I mean, he squares his shoulders into defenders before he throws the ball. Um, he had a huge breakout um, last year. So I mean, I, I think in that offense. Um, they're interesting to watch. I unfortunately have to watch them a little more than most because they play App State every single year and throttle us every single year. Um, so I get to see a good look at Grayson McCall um, for a while. But I, I mean, I, I like him. He's he's in that next tier of quarterbacks. When you look at it this year, I think this tier of quarterbacks is, is better than last year's you know tier. You know, you had those top five guys, and then it fell off a cliff. I don't necessarily think it falls off a cliff that much this year. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what you think about that, but that, that the second tier of talent is much better than it was last year. Yeah, I see what you're saying. The 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 drop off isn't as great. You know, the, you're not going to see as it's not as high of a first tier, but it's a better second tier. So I think that's that's a that's a great observation, and it should be really intriguing come come draft day. You know, how how do these quarterbacks fall? You weren't kidding when you said he had a breakout season in 2020. I mean, in 11 games, almost 2,500 yards passing, average 10 yards an attempt, 26 touchdowns to three interceptions. That's a fairly good ratio. Also ran the ball for 569 yards So and seven more touchdowns. So again, a mobile quarterback, you know, a dual threat, which is great to see from a fantasy perspective. The last guy I wanted to bring up, he plays a two-lane, Michael Pratt. He is not eligible till 2023, but he is one of my sleepers at the quarterback position because he's just intriguing from a from a physicality standpoint. You know, he he didn't play, you know, he didn't didn't put up gaudy numbers. I mean, 1800 yards, but 20 touchdowns to 8 picks. I like that. He he can run the ball a little bit, 229 yards rushing. That's not super sexy, but the eight touchdowns are. So he's got some potential. And again, he was a freshman last year. So I think that's significant in, you know, where can he go from here? I, I found myself taking him in a couple of C to C drafts this year. Do you, do you have any interest in this guy? It, he's, he's a college football player for me. Um, and that that's about all the extent I see with him. I mean, I do see the athleticism, Um, you know, his, his his moxie, so to, so to speak. I'm not going to say it like Shaq does, but he, he, he's got some moxie, some grit to him. And, you know, I, I like that out of my quarterback, kind of like, you know, Zach Wilson had when he was playing for BYU. He's got that same moxie, go out and get him 
type of attitude. Um, throws the ball great with zip. Um, sometimes he puts a little too much on it, though. I mean, he'll, he'll be throwing the ball 70 miles an hour for a five-yard hitch route. Um, so he's got he's got to do better with some of his touch passes. Um, he doesn't always plant his feet. He sometimes kind of swings his back leg around, um, doesn't get it planted, square shoulders, and that can lead him to be a little inaccurate at times. Um, all of that stuff is stuff that they can clean up. So if he cleans that up, I'm much more interested in him than I am right now. All right, so when he hits... I'm the one that liked him. Does everyone remember that? I'm the guy. <laughs> All right, let's get into running backs next. We've got a couple of guys at Notre Dame. Uh, Kyron Williams kind of busted onto the scene last year. He's eligible in 2022. And then Chris Tyree is a second-year player, so he'll be eligible in 2023. Williams, Tyree, which one do you like better, and do you think either one of these are makes a good NFL prospect? Kyron Williams is a guy that I am absolutely in love with the more I watch him. I mean, these guys are a thunder or lightning type duo. Um, you know, Kyron Williams is is the hammer. He he's got the bigger frame. You know, he he's the power power guy, and Chris Tyree is the faster guy um, that can break free in the hole. Um, but when you're looking who I want, Kyron Williams is absolutely the guy. He's my running back eight in Devi right now in my Devi rankings. Um, finished last year with 211 carries for 1,125 yards, and he added 35 catches. So, you know, he hits that 20, 25 catch threshold that you like to see out of your running backs. You know, typically if they can hit 20, 25 catches in college, they're going to be a good pass-catching PPR back in the NFL. So he hits that threshold. He's a smaller back at 195 pounds, but, man, he plays so much tougher than that 195 pounds. I mean, he finishes runs hard. He can lay the hammer down on people. He's a tough guy to bring down. Shows great patience and vision in the back field. And what I really like about Kyron Williams is what he does to stay on the field. I mean, he's the much better, much better pass blocker um, than Chris Tyree is. I mean, he's he, he's blocking really, really well uh, last year for Ian Book and then this year for, I can't remember who's quarterback in this year, but he's going to stay I on the field. That yeah, he's Wisconsin stay. transfer. He's terrible. Yeah, anyway, Cohen. sorry. Yeah. Cohen. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's going to stay on the field just from his ability to block. And what do we say all the time, Skip? You know, being on the field doesn't score. I mean, blocking well doesn't score you fantasy points, but it gets you on the field. And what scores you fantasy points is being on the field and playing. So Kyron Williams is most definitely the guy to own in this backfield. And, I mean, could push for that running back three. You know, I like him and Eric Gray to kind of have a tight-knit battle this year for that RB3 in this year's class. You you mentioned all the points I wanted to say about Kyron Williams. I think that the two key ones for me are the fact that he's he's a good pass catcher. I mean, he's a very capable out of the backfield, and then he is an exceptional blocker, and that stuff matters to the NFL. So worst-case scenario is he gets drafted not to be the main guy, but he is, he is the second running back, and how many teams now utilize – two running backs enough to where both of them can be fantasy relevant. I mean, it does happen quite frequently. You know, that's going to get him, you know, I think at worst an early day three, I could see a team, you know, snatching him up. I mean, with those kinds of, of things that, that he can do, those are attractive traits and it's not like he's not a good runner. I mean, he's good. I wish he were better, but he, he's still, he's, he's very good. So I can see. I can I'm, see him I'm, I'm going. I'm probably not as high on him as you are, but I think there's. He's going to get drafted, and I think he's going to get an opportunity in the NFL because of the the well-rounded part of his game. I can see him going end of day day two. You know, you look at him, and um, he he's he could potentially go in, in round three. I mean, you look at what the NFL does now. 
I mean, they they are they are consistently running that running back by committee approach. I mean, there, there's there's a lot more teams this year in the NFL right now that run the running back by committee approach. You know, we're running out of the times where it's an, an RB one and a three down workhorse back. I mean, not many teams are doing that nowadays. I mean, you've got you know Ezekiel Elliott who's still losing carries to Tony Pollard. You've got Derrick Henry. You've got Dalvin Cook. Um, Saquon Barkley, sort of, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, th- most teams run a running back by committee approach, and that that's not as detrimental as it used to be um, in today's NFL. So, I mean, just because he might be lead a committee doesn't mean that I'm not interested in him and don't want him. Yep, I, I agree completely. The next guy on our list may be the fastest riser amongst all Debbie running backs, and that is BYU's Tyler Algier. Talk about a breakout season. He went from 119 yards on only 17 carries in 2019 to 150 carries, 1,130 yards, 7.5 yards per carry, 13 touchdowns, caught another 14 passes for 174 yards. And he he has traits that, I'll be honest, they excite me. I'm, I'm, I'm really disappointed in myself for not finding a way to get him on a roster, he was available in almost all of the the C to C freshman slash free agent drafts that I was in, you know, recently. And the the last one just concluded today, and he was he was on my list, and I just I kept going for the for the sexy freshman pick early. And basically, if 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 you didn't take him in the first round, you weren't getting him because somebody grabbed him, you know, mid second, early second, if not the the late first. So I. I like him a lot. He's he's got the size that you look for. I mean, sitting there at 5'11", 220, so love to see that. He's got the production that I already talked about. He he's a straight ahead runner. I mean, he reads his blocks well. He's strong. He's not going to lose yards. He has good speed. You're not going to arm tackle him. And he's not that that dynamic shifty guy that's going to make people look stupid and tackling air, but he he's a one cut and go type runner and those guys can be very successful. I'm I'm getting higher and higher on Algier and I'm I'm upset with myself that I don't have him. I, I got him on one roster this year. I had him on my uh the program roster. He's on the back end of my roster and he, he's gonna provide that, you know, college football production that's gonna turn into NFL production. I mean he's got a sturdy frame, true one cut runner. I mean he's powerful, he's tough to bring down, he's got good speed. I mean, I, I wish I listened to Brandon Lejeune, you know, over at Devi Deep Dive. He was all over Tyler Algier last season, and I didn't scoop him up and trade for him nearly as much as I should have, and I'm starting to regret that a little bit. Yep, yep. He was definitely the highest guy on him. That's where I really started to take notice and just just didn't capitalize on that. All right, for our next player, we're going back to Cincinnati, Jerome Ford. He is not eligible until 2023. However... He that could be wrong. That he might be 2022 eligible now that I'm looking at it again. Um, so I apologize for that. Interesting prospect in that he's got the size 5'11", 215. He doesn't have the production from a running standpoint. Just 483 yards on 73 carries, eight touchdowns though. We like that. Um, passing only caught eight balls. There's a lot of people that are high on Ford. I'm not one of them yet because I feel like I just I need to see more and and I know he was a an Alabama recruit that transferred so 
the fact that he got recruited Alabama is exciting, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure where to go with, with Ford. What do you think? I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second. I mean, I, I like him. He's a solid back, really sturdy frame at 5'11", 220. Um, he, he shows some electric playmaking ability. I mean, he had that one run versus Georgia in the bowl game last year that was just dynamic. Um, I mean, I, I like him. I like him more because of the team he plays for. Um, he, he's coming up to a Cincinnati team that has proven that they, they know how to get a running back involved in their offense in turn. While they might not have you know crazy NFL production, that they know how to produce a college football producer. I mean, you look at that offense. They had Michael Warren two years ago. They produced Jared Dokes, who a lot of people are crazy about in the off, you know the offseason and preseason this year. Um, so they know how to get somebody involved in their running game. I think that Jerome Ford is going to be a huge benefactor of just the team that he's playing on. Yeah, I think you're right. And Dokes is the reason why he didn't have the, the production that we wanted this last season. Um, Dokes is one of those guys that I ended up taking at the end of a lot of rookie drafts not necessarily because I love Dokes but I made the mistake of, of loving the landing spot thinking oh Miami they turn running backs you know no name running backs into something maybe he can can get get a share of that but I'm not so sure that was the the right way to go kind of the same thing that befelled anyone that took uh Javian Hawkins at Atlanta right you, you loved the landing spot but you ignored the fact that he was undrafted free agent and now he's a free agent again. So I think he got signed. All right, you like Ford? Some, somebody signed him like just yesterday. Oh, well, that doesn't surprise me. I, I missed that announcement. We're going to go on to East Carolina and Rajai Harris. This is one of my sleepers. I honestly have not heard anybody else talking about this guy. So I'll just throw that out there. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any buzz about him and it's not like I've got him in my top 20 of running backs. However, I'm intrigued by his, you know, freshman campaign last year, you know, eight games, 624 yards, almost five yards of carry, four touchdowns, caught six passes, another touchdown receiving. And he's, he's, he's a good size guy. I mean, 5'10", 224. So he's already got that NFL body that we're looking for. He has a verified 464. So not lightning speed, but, you know, oftentimes those verified times are in high school. So guys can get a lot faster between that and the, you know, the combine. He hits the hole quickly. Uh, he has a nice burst. Already mentioned his size. I like the the subtle cuts to avoid tacklers. And I thought he just had really quick feet for his size. So he was intriguing to me. I've got a lot of co- uh, shares of him because, you know, it, it, no one else was taking him and I could get him late. And it's one of those guys where if, if he, if he ends up hitting and becoming a thing, I'm going to, I'm going to take a victory lap. I'm not much of a victory lap guy, but I'll, I'll take a victory lap of Rajai Harris from East Carolina ends up being any good. I have to admit to you, when I saw his name on the sheet, I kind of went, who? <laughs> I'd, I'd never <laughs> heard of the kid. Um, I went and watched his film, and I liked a lot of his stuff. I mean, he's good in pass protection. He finishes runs hard. I mean, this dude's a grinder. Um, he's got some good wiggle in the hole, like you mentioned. Um, I, I think he could turn up and, you know, if, if anything, be a great college football producer for you. I mean, and nobody's grabbing him. I mean, he, he's he's going late, late in C2C drafts right now. I think he could be a good pick in, in the back end of your C2C drafts. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're gonna get you're going to get some production for sure. So the, the next four guys I'm going to lump together because, in my opinion, we're getting really Devi desperate at this point. I, I don't think any of these guys are, are going to end up being you know NFL caliber players, at least not from a fantasy perspective, but I want to mention them anyway. We got 
Toa Tawa at Nevada. We've got George Halani at Boise State. Sincere McCormick, love the name, and I'm being sincere, at uh, UT, <laughs> UT San Antonio, right, at UTSA. And Frank Gore Jr., Southern Miss, trying to become the first the first player to make it to the NFL while his dad is still playing in the NFL because Frank Gore Sr. just will not go away. Any of these guys, from a Debbie perspective, worth it, in your opinion? I'm going to talk about Frank Gore Jr. for a second because I love this kid. I mean, not only the fact is he got the, the pedigree, um, if he plays half of the seasons in the NFL that his dad plays, I mean, you're getting a 10-year running back. So, I mean... It, it, it's crazy how Frank Gore is still playing. I mean, they're going to play on the same team. I'm convinced of it. Um, last year, he had 180, no, 100, 805 combined yards his freshman year. So, I mean, he's got that good, solid breakout. I mean, he's, he's already Southern Miss's RB1 on that team. I mean, he finished last season with an 86.8 rushing grade. That was 18th in all of FBS. He, he averaged um, .33 broken tackles per attempt. Um, so he's got some elusiveness to him. He's kind of hard to bring down. He's got some wiggle that you'd like out of your running backs. He's got good speed to him. And you look at his ADP. His ADP right now is currently 132. I mean, you could spend a late-round pick on this guy and get, you know, w- one of the better uh, running backs in college football right now. I mean, he, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, the Zachary Evans, the Tank Bigsby's, the Jameer Gibbs, B. John Robinsons. I mean, if you want somebody that you can get late, that is still going to be a massive producer, and I think it's got really solid NFL potential. I think Frank Gore Jr. is your guy. All right, I like it. I, I'll have to, I'll have to keep my eye on him. I like the like the bold call. That's what we're here for. All right, let's get into wide receivers. The list is a little bit shorter, and we're going to kind of do this the same way. We're going to go through like just three of them to start. We'll get the last three next. But Romeo Dubs from Nevada, Dante Wright at Colorado State and Khalil Shakir at Boise State. Who do you like out of these three, if anybody, from a Debbie perspective? I am a Romeo Dubs fan. I think that he's going to get you massive dubs on your Debbie roster. Um, When you look at what he does well, he extends well to the ball. Um, He's elusive in open space. He's a really crisp route runner that after the catch, he, he can be a little twitchy. He's hard to bring down. He can make men miss, kind of turns into a running back in the open field. Um, he tracks the ball well over his shoulders and on a team that, I mean, he's paired with, I mean, we just talked about, you know, the, the quarterback that he's paired with. Um, I, I, I think that Romeo Dubs can be a guy that, you know, I, I picked him up on several of my C to C rosters. I mean, he's that mid round, later round guy that is going to, you know, get you wins, put up great stats over your college football and has a significant path to, you know, decent draft capital in the NFL. Yes, uh, he is definitely the top of these three guys for me as well. Uh, there's a lot about his game that that you have to like, and you know I know in general the the odds of hitting on a on a group of five player, or I should say a non a non power five player, you know, isn't as good. But you're gonna find some some diamonds in the rough for sure, and Dubs could be that guy. You know, Dante Wright is is one of those guys where you know at Colorado State he's he's that short you know, shifty, elusive, quick guy. And he's had, he's had production for sure. You know, freshman season, 57 catches, 805 yards, 17 rushing attempts for 214 yards and six combined touchdowns. So that's, that's impressive. That's the kind of athlete he is. He's that kind of player. Last year was a 
was a down year overall production because they only played three games, but he still caught 20 passes for 315 yards. So Dante Wright is going to give you the production you need. I know the NFL is trending more towards some of the smaller wide receivers getting a, a better opportunity. So there is that. That said, it's it's hard. It's just harder. They're not as big of a target. So you have to be, you know, ridiculously athletic or or super athletic or very good at your craft in order to get that chance. Khalil Shakir at Boise State, I've always liked him, probably just from the from the perspective of the fact that he he is going to put up points and production, and it's really hard to just ignore that. I mean, he the guy is is awesome. He is fast. He is quick. He's shifty. He, he you know, talk about a, a yards after catch guy. He he is that guy. You know, seven games last year, seven hundred and nineteen yards and six touchdowns. So a hundred yards a game. Obviously, he's fantastic from that that perspective of of being a college fantasy player. So on a C to C roster, you, you stick him in your your lineup every week. But he also has had you know. 50 carries over his three years for 284 yards and four touchdowns. So another dynamic player, albeit not as small, six feet tall, 180. But I, I like Shakir. I think he's sneaky good. Kid's tough, too. I mean, he he's smaller on the small side, but he doesn't play like it. I mean, he goes up well for the ball. He's not afraid to lower his shoulder into guys and to get physical in the middle of the field. So he's not one of your smaller guys that just can't take a hit. I mean, he's going to go after people, and that that's attractive when you look at guys that, you know, that, that, that play in the slot that work the middle of the field. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Um, all of these guys, these three wide receivers we just talked about, Dubs, Wright, and Shakir, all eligible in 2022, as are the next three. Calvin Austin the third from Memphis, Jalen Robinson from UCF, and Reggie Roberson Jr. from SMU coming off an injury, all eligible next draft. Any of these guys strike your fancy? There's a theme here with these three guys, and it's all speed. Um, all these guys are going to be great college football producers for you. Um, so you're really just picking the one that you like better from a college football standpoint. I don't really like the NFL upside for any of these guys. But for, for college, I really do like Reggie Robertson from SMU. Coming off the injury, um, he's, a, he's a great speed guy. Most of his highlights are just straight line rushes or straight line runs downfield. Um, so there's not much route sophistication there, but he does have the ability to run like the the hitch, the out sometimes too. So he's got he's got some good, you know, basic routes. He, if he can expand that a little bit, I'm going to be a little more interested in him. Um, but I mean, he just got crazy production um, for SMU um, before his injury. So I think he could come in and provide some sneaky upside that he may get, you know, day three capital in the NFL and could potentially turn into somebody. Yep, I I can see, you know one or two, maybe even all these guys getting late draft capital, but I can't see any of them getting early draft capital, but you never know. I mean, there's, there's always, there's always one or two guys that just, they sneak up into the day one or day two and you're kind of just, you know, shaking your, your head a little bit, scratching your your side of your face. Like what, how did that happen? It's like a, what's that wide receiver? The chargers took Josh Palmer. I mean, he went much earlier than everybody thought he was going to go. So, I mean, it, it happens every year. Yeah, I was going to say, what in the name of Des Fitzpatrick is going on here? Because that was one of those this year for me. It's like, really? That's that's the guy you targeted there with other guys on the board? Okay. Let's go on to our final position, tight ends. And one of my favorite players uh, that I 
got turned on to by our friend Felix Sharp, and that's Cole Turner from Nevada. This kid does nothing but produce, and you can say, well, it's Nevada. They got to throw it to somebody. They also have Romeo Dubs. I get it. That said, here's the part that I really like about him. He's a converted wide receiver. So he's really good from a tight end perspective of running routes and getting open and catching the ball. And newsflash for those of you that are curious, those are the traits you want from your fantasy tight ends. If they're a a stud blocker and they can maul people over, that's fantastic. They're on the field. I don't have any leagues, and I'm in a lot of leagues. I don't get points for that. So I love Cole Turner. I think he absolutely is going to be a day two pick. That is my prediction. I tried to get him, and again, not as many as I wanted to, but I tried to get him in as many leagues as I could. Are Am I crazy on Turner? And if so, so be it. What do you think? No, I love Cole Turner. He's the best tied in in these group of three that we're talking about. And that's not because the group of three sucks either. I mean, I like another tight end in this group a whole lot. But Cole Turner, I mean, converted wide receiver makes sense because you look at this guy, his catch radius is absolutely huge. I mean, he can, he can extend well to the ball, um, maneuvers his body well. I mean, he, he can catch pretty much anything thrown his way, runs really good routes. He's athletic, um, can go up and get the ball, and he's tough. I mean, he can take a hit. He's not afraid to, to lower a shoulder and go into somebody after the catch. So, I mean, Cole Turner, is, I mean, he's got the college football you know, the college production. I think I think that day two is not out of the question. I like a lot of what Cole Turner does. I, I do as well. And, you know, I, obviously I just made that clear. But I'm going to go this far and say with everything going on with Eric Gilbert in in Georgia, you know, the, the transferring and now the changing of position, I, I'm still kind of lumping him in with the tight ends because I'm just not convinced he's going to stay at at wide receiver. I would take Cole Turner over him right now. Like if I had if I had Eric Gilbert and I I could get Cole Turner straight up, I think I'd do it. And I got to adjust my my si.com, you know, Debbie rankings, but that's 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 two statements in one. That's how much I like Cole Turner and that's how much I'm so far down on Eric Gilbert that I just don't want to have anything to do with him. So, didn't mean to turn I mean, this into a I mean, Eric, Eric, thing, Eric Gilbert isn't even with the team right now, right? He's away from the team currently. That is correct. So, I mean, he, he's what what in the Zachary Evans is going on with Eric Gilbert? So I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, you're hopefully for- it's it's nothing major, right? I mean, because I know it's it's not an injury, so hopefully things are okay for him. You don't want to see you know bad things happen, but yeah, it, it's just it just feels like there's always something. You know, you know, he, he's he's making he's making Kane's uh, point. You know, just don't draft a tight end. <laughs> I mean, get your tight end on the NFL side because these guys are. There's something funky going on here. Unless you're drafting Jaleel Billingsley, who's going to be a round one tight end this year. On the table. <laughs> I, think, I think you, well, we'll see. He's having issues too. But anyway, moving on to the next guy, it's Isaac Rex from BYU. And another guy with some pretty good production from tight end. 37 catches, 429 yards, solid. Nothing there, you know, gets you super excited. You get a little more excited when you see the 12 touchdowns. That is awesome. And if you watch him, really has a nice catch radius, solid hands. I mean, that's a, those are my notes on him. I I like Isaac Rex. I think he's he's kind of a a sleeper. He's he's a big kid. I mean, six six, you know, almost two fifty. 
you, you like to see the size. Yeah, you know, he, just mention on what you said. I mean, he, he's got a great catch radius. What I really like about him, too, he's a great blocker. Um, he, he, he is, you know, to be a good tight end on the field, you got to be able to do two jobs, essentially. you got to be an offensive lineman and a wide receiver. And I think he does both of that to a really good level. I mean, he, he catches the ball really well, has soft hands, and he can block pretty well, too. So that's going to get him on the field and get him those earlier looks and maybe a lot of these other guys, like maybe Trey McBride, who we're talking about, who you don't want in there blocking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that that is the last guy on our list, uh, Colorado State, Colorado State, Colorado State tight end Trey McBride, also 2022 eligible as are all of these tight ends. Definitely the athletic, you know, downfield threat as a receiver, that kind of a tight end, not like you said, not a blocker. Uh, he he can find open space, he's got good hands, he uses his body well to shield the ball makes some tough catches. You know, doesn't didn't didn't have the the production last year cuz he only played 4 games, but in 4 games he caught 22 passes for 330 yards and four touchdowns. So on a per game basis, that's really exciting. The season before, 45 catches for 560 and 4. I I I think he's intriguing. Um, I definitely want him on a C2C roster. I think we've got got him in one in one of our leagues, but He's intriguing because of the the athleticism, and again, you know, if you're a great pass catching tight end and a route runner, it, it gives you a chance to 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 be somebody significant in the NFL because that's what you want. You want those those guys that that get open and make make plays down the field. He's big enough, six four, two sixty. So there's a chance. I mean, all three of these guys are kind of interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, Trey McRod, I mean, he's he's not a bad tight end. He's got the good speed. He's more of an inline tight end. It's not going to block much. But, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I don't want my guy, my tight ends blocking. I want him out and, you know, catching passes. And he does do that really well. So he, he provides some interesting upside. And, yeah, we do have him in a league. I think we have him in that podcast league um, that we failed to draft. Um, we failed to draft Kyle McCord in, so. Yes. <laughs> Why do I get the feeling that is not the last time I'm going to hear hear that comment? <laughs> I'm, I, I tried, man. I tried like three rounds to get you to draft him for me, and we just never could do it. <laughs> I know, I know. Blame me when he turns out to be awesome. All right, it's my fault. So that is it for the, the players going through the conferences. The next show, we are going to get into the freshman class. We'll start with quarterbacks, so the recruiting class of 2021 the incoming freshman however next week is not going to be that show i'm assuming because we've talked about the excitement that is college football games starting in two days we've talked about the excitement that is a week from today your team ohio state coming here to play my team the minnesota golden gophers row the boat the day after that Something else exciting is happening. What is that again? Oh, that's right. It's baby time. Woohoo! Yep. Yeah, birth, birth of my first my first child, little baby girl. Um, Everly is making her arrival into the world. You know, I, I joke with my wife all the time, and I'm not sure she likes the joke, but um, she I, I say that she is making her way into the world um, in time for week one of college football. So she she knows the time. She's got that time clock going. She knows that she needs to be here to watch some college football. So we are excited. We're excited to meet her. We're, we're anxious. We're scared. We're 
happy. I mean, it's, it's all sorts of emotions. But, yes, next week is not going to be the week. Um, I will not be podcasting um, in the middle of the delivery room, unfortunately. I'm sorry to inform you guys of that. I tried, everyone. We thought that would be a nobody-else-has-done-it type scenario, but apparently that was a, a no-go. So I do respect the fact that you made – you made the doctor and your wife wait until after the Ohio State Gopher game, the day after, for this momentous, life-changing event to take place. So, well done. You you are a, ske- a scheduling genius in it's that regard. Man. That's what you call commitment. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You got to you – gotta, oh, you I'm not even going to say put your foot down because you absolutely can't. Those days are over for you. So – you're now you're gonna be outnumbered, right? Not you, yeah. you know you're gonna have another girl in the house. It's it's awesome. I'm so happy you're having a baby girl. Of course you're you're bringing one into the world, and next Tuesday I'm I'm moving mine into the University of Minnesota dorm for the first time. So we'll both be shedding tears for various reasons, but happy tears as well. We are of course part of the Dynasty Happy Hour team of podcasts. We already talked about Tim Keller. Leaving the show, uh, they still got Doug Eddy and Tyler Gunther, and they've added James Christ. So awesome. They they still do that every Sunday night. Every once in a while, we have the DHH contractor with Randall Memphis Young. And then again, we have the IDP Power Hour when they have a chance to record. So you can learn about IDP, which is an interesting aspect of fantasy football. We haven't played it yet. It's a lot of fun. Definitely, definitely different. Makes you think a little bit, but I, I'm starting to enjoy it more and more. Matt, again, remind everyone where they can find everything that you're doing. Yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter one more time at Devi Matt. Uh, my rankings are up on my Patreon as well as Dynasty Nerds. Um, if you guys aren't a member of the Nerd Herd um, and you want to see where I'm getting all this awesome film and analysis from, we got an awesome film room over there. Um, join that. Um, you can use code Devi Matt at checkout and get yourself 15% off. So I'm, I'm in the business of saving y'all money. Um, so you can, if you want to, you can take those savings and throw them my way over to the Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Debbie Database to get access to my rankings, podcast, um, player breakdown videos, and the group chat that has absolutely been buzzing these last few days. I'm excited to see that. So we're, we're growing. We'd love to have you over there on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Debbie Database. Awesome stuff. Yep, definitely need to get people in there. I am at SkipNewton31 on Twitter, a Devi team writer for NFLDraftBible.com, powered by Fan Nation on Sports Illustrated. We got you covered. Everything for the draft. Devi, Devi Dynasty articles are popping all the time now. We've got rankings. We review all players and positions. And I am starting a weekly mailbag article. I already sent out the tweet to get questions, so that will be publishing every weekend. I'll be writing my first one of the college football season tonight and tomorrow, so get that ready for the weekend. So if you have questions for the mailbag, shoot me a DM on Twitter or look for my tweet asking for your questions. would love to have it. So thank you very much in advance for all of your help, and thank you to our listeners for listening. You guys are the reason we do this. We, we hope you enjoy the information and the playful banter. And we hope that you are as excited as we are for college football. It is back, baby. Hopefully a more normal, awesome season that we have been accustomed to, not including 2020. So once again, for Matt, I am Skip. We are signing off. And to all of you, enjoy the weekend of college football. And as always, be a good human.